0: It's showtime, folks! Hola, this is Shelly Martinez. This is former WWE superstar Luke Gallows. Here's your boy, Shaq This is the World Warrior Low-Key. This is Charlie Schultz of ring of honor. This is Christopher Daniels, and the gospel according to the fallen angel says that you are listening to the SNS Radio Network. Hey, yo, say
1: hello to the bad guy, Scott Hall. Big
0: Daddy Cool Diesel slash Kevin Nash on the SNS Radio Network.
1: Hey, what's up It's the OGB One Thirty Bit Brown
0: Hi, this is Booker T,
1: the five-time WCW champion, as you're listening to SNS Radio
2: Network. the Sucker! Hi, gang. This is Mean Gene Okerlund from the WWE. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist
0: Kurt Angle from TNA, and you're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Oh, it's real.
2: It's damn real. The world
1: is is listening. listening.
2: Time for an unplugged extra. Introducing Chris Kelly of HeadlocksToHeadlines.com and Wrestling News Live's Outlaw of the IWC, The Trade Dog, as they interview Impact Wrestling's Christy Hemme.
0: Welcome back. Yes, I am the trade Dog setting in for one. JJ, all cap Segse. Do not adjust your radios. We are going to do something special for you now, live on the phone from Impact Wrestling, TNA Wrestling, TNA Impact Wrestling, the hottest <laughs> redhead in the business, ladies and gentlemen, Christy Hemme. Christy, how are you, dear? I am great. How are you? I am doing good. I'm doing good. And of course, we've got damn foreign kid on the phone as well chris kelly crelly um who actually did a great job setting up the interview and i'm glad to be filling in Hello, for buddy. jj <laughs> actually
1: this is this is two times the charm that's right we'll see doing again.
0: they want to get it done the right way this time so they bring me in so we'll make sure we'll make sure that it all goes off without a hitch now this is, and I'm a pretty big fan of wrestling, and I've I've actually met you a couple times in person, um, but I didn't know, even through the fact that you you kind of worked the gimmick on TV a little bit, tell me a little bit about this band you got going on. Well,
1: I've had a I've had a band for like six years now, and right now we're just we play around Orlando, and we're actually recording. Um, starting recording our album in a couple weeks we're going out to la and we're recording with a fantastic producer called smitty and he's um he's done like kesha and um one republic and Fergie and pussycat Dolls. He's awesome fantastic guy but my band's awesome we're, i mean they're some of my best friends on the whole planet so we're excited
0: i've been in a few bands myself of course i'm a country boy from the middle of oklahoma um uh, we, we do a little country music down here. We play both types, country and western. Um tell me what kind of music we're talking about here.
1: It's definitely pop rock. Really fun, really high energy, really exciting, but we're all rooted in um you know, we're all rooted in rock and blues and jazz and we're we're big music lovers. So I mean we really go from one end of the spectrum to the other. But we also love you know, the music that you love, to hate, just pop music, go little having fun and stuff. So we've pretty much blended, like, the stuff that means something with exciting, fun dance stuff.
0: So are we, I, I say we, are you um, close to <laughs> getting some some radio airplay?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, when this thing hits, when we're done recording, I mean, we're we're doing it right. We've been waiting to do this. Our collection of songs, we've been writing for... We've been writing for years, and we have over 60 songs. And wow. we, you know, we've narrowed it down to the best of the best of the best. And I'm a very—I I love to write. I'm, I write every day. I'm very conceptual with my writing. I'm very visual, and so um, the album is actually a concept story as well. And. Our goal is to, instead of just doing one music video for one song, we're going to actually shoot the entire album, like a little mini-movie.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> so,
0: fun, I, 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 I am, you know, as, as, a, as a, I call myself a musician, I'm just a lead vocalist, I don't even play anything. But, um, I hang out with the musicians, I guess that makes me qualified. Uh, I respect the hell out of you for for writing your own stuff. And the reason I say that, I was just in a conversation uh, yesterday with somebody and I said, man, I would love to go to Nashville and just drop everything and say, this is what I'm going to do because you watch American Idol, which was a great season this year, comes down to two people in the country music genre, but by the last episode of the show... These two kids are already showing the world what will be their single that they will release to radio should they win. And the very next day, I'm driving to work, and I hear it on XM Sirius Radio, and I'm like, wow, that didn't take long. You know, I mean, these, the, the, in Nashville anymore, it's like people are just shoving songs down, down your throat. You know, it must be nice to have somebody writing music for you because I, I write no. a little bit, but I mean, I really respect the fact that you write your own stuff. You
1: know, I have to say something, actually the cool thing, if you kind of look at it from the opposite side, is there are people that are brilliant songwriters, and they're not artists, you know what I mean, so like, think about that guy that wrote that guy's song or whatever, and he's like, yeah, you know, like, his song is being heard by millions and millions of people, and so you kind of getting a chance, too, I mean, I've always been, for me... It's taken me a long time to really refine my vocals and be a musician in my own right. The writing was what came naturally. I I, I was the songwriter first. So it's it's interesting. It's kinda of like people pick and choose what's the most what they love the most about music and I just think anybody that gets to really fully develop that and see it, you know, come to fruition, like for me it's a, it's the vision of it. It's music in its entirety. It's it's, it's performing it, it's making it, it's creating it, it's connecting with people, it's the band, it's all of it. So, I don't know, I think it's kind of cool.
0: So what is the name of the band? Hemi! Hemi? Hemi-powered!
1: Hemi! It's is old Hemi.
2: Well, <laughs> it was really funny, well.
1: too. I went to go, like, get that Hemi copyrighted, and we went through all kinds of legal stuff with that, even though it's spelled wrong and it's my last name, you know?
0: So the band is doing well, let's let's transform, transfer, transmortify, whatever, into some wrestling talk for a little bit. Um, You you kind of recently made a transition. Now you're uh, in the ring doing a little announcing. And we were talking about, uh, I guess, three weeks or so ago about the interview coming up. And I wasn't expecting to be the one doing the interview. So I told the guys to make sure they told you that I thought you're doing a hell of a job in your new role.
1: Thank you it is like the biggest blessing for me to have to have the opportunity to be able to do that because it really gives me longevity in the business like wrestling for me as passionate as I am about music I am also super passionate about wrestling and it is heart it was heartbreaking for me to not be able to be in the ring actually wrestling but to be announcing it's like I'm part of the whole show and I still get to be a part of the magic of it, and I truly love it, and it's really been, um, I'm really thankful for it, that's
0: for sure. Have you had any moments that you can think of, because you're still relatively new to this role, have you had any moments where you've messed up and said the wrong name or kind of stumbled over your words yet? Totally, And
1: and I don't know. You know, it, it was really like the first time I was like, oh my gosh, I know it's interesting because it really, it, I had no idea what went into announcing, but there's a there's a definite rhythm to it, you know, and um, you have to be like on your toes the whole time because things change really quickly and if I'm not listening in my ear, um, you know, to the truck and all that kind of stuff, uh, I could totally miss something. So, I definitely had lots of little mistakes, but... Um, Man, I, I love to grow and I love to learn. So I'm always like, what else can I do better? You know, I'm, I'm always asking, what, 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 what else do you want from me? You know, I just want to do the best job that I could possibly do with what
0: I know, you know? So you, you talked about uh, a little bit ago about being heartbroken that you weren't able to perform. Um, let's go back to that. Tell us what happened, how you found out, and, and what you found out.
1: Well, you know, I started feeling pain in my neck, and it wouldn't be until I would get home from, a, like, a weekend of wrestling, it, it, you know, never a fail, I would be able to get through, like, you know, wrestling the whole weekend, and I would get home, and I was, like, literally laid out for, like, a couple days, because it's just my neck would hurt so bad, um, and then it would come to, and it'd feel good, so I'd go in and out of the pain of it, probably for about a year, and wow. um, then when I was getting into my matches with... Kong, uh, awesome Kong, now Karma whatever you know, um, who is fantastic by the way, she's so incredible. Um, I was training really hard. I was like, okay, I'm ready to like put all my heart, all my energy, all my time into this and get really good and go after the belt and you know the whole deal. And the last match that I had, I was being I a couple times when I would get thrown into the turnbuckle, I would literally um, freeze from like the neck down, like completely paralyzed from the neck down and I was skip upward and I, it would get stuck for like a couple seconds. It was really weird. And so um, when I came back and I saw the doctor, he was like, you need to get you know, you really need to get an MRI and so I went and had myself checked out and had two very severely herniated discs in my neck that were protruding towards my spine. So it was like an instant No way you can wrestle because this Mm. is where you just go a little bit too hard and you sever your spine. Like it's just you know, wow. Definitely not something that you want to be wrestling on. And you know, I could have. There was the option for me to start uh, fusing discs and you know get surgery and all this stuff. But I really like. First of all, I let it heal. I let it heal for about nine months. I just really didn't do anything active at all. And it had gone down enough that I was cleared to wrestle again. And my first match back, it was like a tag match with, like, the beautiful people. And they went to give me, like, a a choke slam. And I was... Huh?
2: uh, I believe, wouldn't it, uh, Lady Von Eric went to choke slam you?
1: Yes, she went to give me this choke slam. And right before she picked me up, I was freaking out in my head. I was like, oh, my God, this isn't worth it. This isn't worth it. Like I could, at any moment you—you you never know. And I'm putting myself in this position, and you just don't know. And it was—it all of a sudden the fear came in, and the minute you have fear getting into the ring, it's like you—you you might as well just step back out because you—you're—you're you're just asking for another injury. And so right. I knew after that match, I went right after that match, I went straight to, you know, I went straight to the office and just told them I was done. I—I I knew that. I was too fearful of it and the injury was too severe and I didn't want to get surgery and I just wanted to have quality of life, you know. So right. then they then they offered me uh, the decision of interviewing and I was like, Yes, oh my gosh. And then on the way, there's a place for me.
0: Well maybe you can have... shed some light on on something for me that I've been wondering. And with TNA, it seems like they did such a great job of of uh and you and you're the perfect person to ask because you've been on both sides of the fence. You've been a diva and a knockout. So with TNA coming in and doing such an an amazing job of building from scratch, basically a knockout division. Because for a long time there were only a couple girls running around that 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 campus, and they ended up having an entire division within you know a a matter of months one of the one of the highlights of tna programming was the knockout division unlike the wwe where a lot of times people joke about the divas matches being a bathroom break because a lot of them are a joke they don't wrestle they just got really hot women running around in skimpy clothing the knockout division they wrestle they actually get in the ring and and perform why and why has tna it seems like turned their back On the knockout division, they let Gail Kim go. They let Awesome Kong go. They've brought Roxy back and forth several times. You know, I mean, at one point we had a knockout champion and knockout tag team champions, and only four knockouts in the division.
1: Right. You know, in in a dream world, um, Gail Kim, Awesome Kong, Roxy, ODB women like that, I would love to have them all in the division. Because, like, literally, there was, four, there was, like, four or five knockouts when I was first in the company. And, and I, I tell you, we all rooted for the knockout division. However, the voice that was the loudest, like, every day, all day long, was Gail Kim. She was just anybody that could hear it had ears. She'd be like, knock out division, knock out division, knock out division, just running around like she fought tooth and nail for that division and when it finally, you know, got put together and um, she was definitely like the foundation of it and then having Austin Kong come in and she was just amazing. Um, you know, it really like rounded up the division really well. It was a huge part of making it what it is today, which is, you know, you know, opened up a path for a lot of other amazing Contenders to come in, you know, beautiful people, um, you know, Sarita or Zita, you know, everybody like that. But I think it's cyclical, you know, like people, TNA, if it, they don't, they didn't want Gail Kim to go, and they didn't want Austin Aries to go. It's just the way that you know the business is built. Is that certain situation will come up, and it's like people stand on the ground and stand or fight for something, and then somebody leaves, and then they end up coming back in, you know kind of the way
0: it's been, you know? Well, I've been a big supporter, and our listeners know this, of TNA Wrestling. I jumped on the bandwagon during the weekly pay-per-views and got to where I would drive to Nashville, be in the crowd. I've met with Dixie several times. I've, like I said, I've met you a couple times at Bound for Glory both times, matter of fact. But I always my heart goes out to TNA, because I want them to be better. You know, I want them to, I think they get a bad rap with the internet crowd. I think the internet crowd, a lot of times, rather than give them the product a chance, they'd rather just be one of the cool kids and, and, and complain. You know, and I think a big part of that, there's a lot of different reasons that tie into it. I think, like, the fact that, that, that the show isn't live, and that there's spoilers, you know, it, it's, like, you can't you can't tell emotion or, you know, you can't tell sarcasm through text. Well, you can't get a you can't get a feeling for the show if all you're doing is reading results. And I think that that hurts the company a lot, but I've been a big fan of TNA. I will continue to support TNA until the day they let my future ex-wife Velvet Sky go and then we'll have problems. <laughs>
1: She's like I love that girl. She's one of my favorites. Um, You know, I think that if you pay attention to the internet and if you read the twelve and and you're part of that community, um, it feels like it's detrimental to the company or like a big hit to the company. But really, in reality, it's not. I hope and I I wish for them to embrace TNA the way that we all do. And I think that to a degree, they do. However, at the end of the day, it really is a small portion of the viewers on TV, as far as the internet crowd goes,
0: you know. So it it really isn't detrimental for us. I'm one of those people that say there's no such thing as bad publicity to an extent, but, you know, you're still the number one most-watched show on the network you're on, so as long as that continues to happen, I guess everybody can continue to be happy and just, you know, try to build for the future.
1: Well, yeah, and, you know, it's like, you know, when you think about it, there's nobody in the company, you know, in the office or in the town. Nobody is, like, in there not fighting to make it a better product. It's like, it, it, you know, one part of the product becomes stronger, and then the next, you know, week another part of the product becomes stronger, and it just kind of moves around, and, you know, it's just it's totally a, a just a growth situation where everybody is just learning what works in this company with this talent pool and this office and this, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, what is the audience want? Because what it really comes down to is, you know, the fans. Because without the fans, we have, there's no point in us running around and doing anything, you know?
0: Right. And you're also... The most important part. You're also two hours of television a week going against the giant up north with, you know, 10 to 12 hours a week. Of television right. programming, so there's a big difference there. Also, um, Crowley, just feel free to jump in here, man. If you got anything for Christy,
2: well, like you bring up the fans, and I, and I think it's fair to say uh, when you debuted as the ring announcer within TNA, the internet fans were actually amazed. Like I, I was on Twitter when they uh, when they showed the uh, the the replay over here in England, and everyone on my Twitter feed was praising how well you were doing as a ring announcer. Wow, she's pretty and she can talk too.
1: <laughs> that's, nice. that's nice that's really nice to hear because i was, when i watched it back i was like oh my god Christy, you're screaming like i was like i didn't know how to control you know my voice with like this loud audience i'm like freaking out and i'm nervous and i'm like ah you know
2: like it was it, it was pretty funny because I, I went the other day to the tna uk party up in manchester like i met jb and uh doug williams and, and and at that time, I knew that I was going to interview you. So I I was telling a few like a few people and, and they all, and they all go to me, Chris. Make sure you tell Christy that she is doing she is doing a fantastic job, and the fans oh, are behind you. I mean, and mean. I mean, and like, if, if you look at your history, I believe you won out of the Knockout of the Year 2006. You won the Diva Search. So to me, that shows you that you have a solid fan base within wrestling. And I and I said it before I think given time you because as much as, as much as I love JB, I am used to hearing a female voice doing the ring announcing, i.e. Uh, Lillian Garcia. I really think that given time you will become a greater ring announcer, just because you you have a presence. The fans know who you are, and you and you have such a great voice, not only because of singing, but because of like. So I like, know,
1: I texted I texted uh, text right after. I hope I make you proud. Because I just love Lillian. Lillian. Garcia is one of my favorite people in wrestling. So I was just like,
0: I just love you. <laughs> I, told, I told this story once or twice before, but I'll tell you, we were in Oklahoma City for a Raw show the night that, I think it was the night that Stephanie and Shane came down to declare that ECW was going to be ran by them and they were the Alliance and blah, 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 back in that storyline day. And at the end of the night... As Raw is over with and people are filing out of the arena, we were front front row seats on the hard camera side. And Lillian got up. She picked up some paperwork. Um, she grabbed her things, a water bottle, I think, and was walking away. And everybody was reaching out to her. Lillian, 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 you know, trying to get her attention. And as a musician myself and... A radio person, I you know, I, I really appreciated what Lillian did when she sang the national anthem to start the show. Nobody sings it like Lillian Garcia. Nobody. Mm-hmm. And to hear that live and to be appreciative of the fact that she did such a great job as an announcer, she was walking by, and I was just too shy or too embarrassed maybe to say anything, but she stopped right in front of me and turned and introduced herself to us. Like we, were, we, we, weren't, we weren't waving at her or, or catcalling or anything yeah. like everybody else at ringside was. But for some reason, and I'll never know why, I'll never know why. But she stopped right in front of me, turned, and shook my hand and introduced herself. And we chit-chatted for a little bit. She turned around and ignored everybody else as she walked all the way up the ramp. <laughs> and that's the gospel truth. And I don't know, I still to this day don't know what caused her to stop, introduce herself to me, but I was thankful.
1: So you can tell the story to all of us. That's right. (laughs) It's really important because when you're in a position like that where you have the power to make someone stay or, like, give them a story to remember, Hmm. for someone in that position to take the opportunity to do that, I think that is so important. And she is definitely one of those people that takes the opportunity to
2: Take care of the fans and let them know that they're special, you know? Well, that's kind of what, uh, what Billy Gunn said to us a few weeks ago. Billy Gunn goes to us, I make sure that when I go out there, I talk to at least one fan so they can go home and tell their fans that Billy Gunn talked crap to me. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's true. I mean, like, like I said, I was um, on Sunday, I went up to London to go, to go meet Claire Angle, and JB was running up, like running up and down the crowd. He stopped at me and goes, hi there, buddy, and walked away only me i was like wow that's awesome but i was quite i was quite upset with jb he didn't have any pictures of you like he he had a picture of kurt angle thing and i go jb do you have a picture of Chris?" he goes no i was like oh come on jb set set me up here man but he didn't have any pictures i was quite upset but um now one question i want to ask is of course you did playboy like how did this come about now
0: that seems so Um, long ago with the way things are in the wwe now
1: It really does. Do they still
0: do that in WWE? Oh (laughs) hell no. They don't even say dirty words on I mean it's so PG it makes Disney look bad.
1: Really? Wow. Um, when I had done the Diva search, literally, like right when I won the contest, I was walking out of the ring, walking back to the locker room, and got pulled aside by the office and asked if I would consider doing Playboy. And if I would have a meeting right after the show. And I was like, boy, this is the craziest night. What is going on? <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, I,
1: and I told them, I told them that night, I said, um, because I had made a promise to my father um, when I was younger and first got into modeling, I told him that I would never, never, never post news. That was my promise to him. So I told them that the only way I would do it is if I got approval from my dad. And So I went to my dad the next week and asked him, and he was like, "Well, you're not 16 anymore, so if it's something that you think is good for your career and you want to do it, then you have my
2: blessing." And that's how that was. You, you bring up, the, <laughs> you, uh, you bring up the Adidas the, the, the search. Looking back now, do you think that that competition would actually more, more successful? And people give that. Then people give credit for because, like, guy, like people like you, Michelle, uh, Michelle McCool, uh, Layla, all came from that. And yeah, I,
1: well, I, I mean, the, the diva Search changed women's wrestling. I mean, whether for some people it's good or some people it's bad, um, it definitely changed it. You know, like when I first got in there, it was all wrestling wrestlers, and like within weeks they had all gotten fired or things changed so quickly and they started hiring girls from the diva search. And I mean, I really stayed connected to what I wanted because I, I wanted to prove that I was worthy of winning it. And I wanted to get back to the fans and I wanted to learn how to wrestle. And I wanted to give a hundred percent to, you know, growing in the company and all, you know, everything. Um, it definitely, it definitely shook up the women's wrestling and changed it. That's for sure.
0: I can't. And make...
2: I... go ahead. Go ahead, Crowley. No, I was to say. I think when you look back and like look at the diva search, and look at you then and look at you oh. now, you have so much evolved. Like you have come like your your own star, and I and I think you have to credit TNA. They have like because like in the diva search, it was kind of like girls like who 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 were on I think TNA have like made you a bigger star like that ne- like next to your music. And I, I like, and like I said earlier, I only do think. Given time, you will become a fantastic asset to TNA.
1: Thank you. I mean, I, I really want to grow with the company, and I'm starting to feel like I have footwork and grounding within it. I feel like I'm a part of it, and I don't see me going anywhere anytime soon. So I just want to keep growing with the company. That's for sure. And I think they're headed in the right direction.
2: If you if you if you do disappear off TV, there there will be a riot in riot in England heading towards uh- Tennessee <laughs> headed by me
1: <laughs>
0: well, Sorry. I have to ask this because I'm sitting here I'm literally as we're talking I'm racking my brain out of doing this radio show, well not this one particularly, but my other show for fifteen years I'm trying to think that's a lot of interviews I'm trying to think other than Ashley, who at the time wasn't Ashley in Playboy. <laughs> Um, I think that you're the only one that I've ever interviewed that has been actually in Playboy.
1: Well, I just gave you a first.
0: <laughs> That's an awesome thing to, to have, but my question is, you know now that you've done it and you've moved on, looking back at it, and we discussed this a while back on as, a, as a, on another subject. but it's almost like there was a a, a WWE Playboy curse. Because everybody that did the magazine shortly left the company thereafter. Any idea why that is, or if it's just coincidence, or?
1: Well, ignoring the fact that we had done Playboy, look at just the divas in general. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's another. That's another one where it's. It, I don't really think there's a curse or has anything to do with anything like that. I just think that. Um, I don't think that they want anybody to get too comfortable. You know what I mean. Outside of people that really sort of learn how to master how to being inside that division, I would say someone like Trish Stratus, who is just—I tell you—that woman is smart and she is um, calculated. She was calculated in how to stay.
0: Well, I mean, um, she, okay. went, she went from being she went from being just a pretty face to being one of the best female wrestlers in the history of female wrestling.
1: She was very smart, and she's beautiful, and she has, has the it factor. You know, it, it, it depends on the person and, like, what they're wanting and where they're going. And I would say for the most part, women or men and, and either don't exactly know what they want. And the people that do know exactly what they want and are calculated in, in the way that they are, they stay.
2: Right. I would say that
1: I was my own demise at WWE. I felt, um, looking back on it now, I don't feel the way anymore. However, looking back on it now, at the time, I almost felt guilty like I had, you know, won this position and I hadn't quite deserved it yet. I hadn't gone up through the indie scene or I hadn't worked really hard to do it, although I was... I I was working hard when I was there. You know, I, I, I was pretty much working my ass off every day. Except mm. I sort, that was sort of in the back of my mind. Like, I needed to go, I needed to work harder. And so, you know, lo and behold, I leave the company and I do all of that. And now I'm in TNA and I'm, you know, impact, sorry. And now I'm coming up, you know, the way that I had always seen it be, you know.
0: I so wish they'd just completely get rid of the whole TNA thing. Yeah, and and just I mean because I even, even my father, who's a wrestling fan, you know I'm like, I gotta go, Dad. I gotta go watch TNA. Oh TNA, oh what's TNA? You know, and I'm like, nope. all right, all right, calm down, old man. It's wrestling, you know. <laughs> yeah. and, and, I, and 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 Hogan made a great comment, which, was several weeks ago when he said about the name change. When he said, you know, I go into a meeting with Pepsi or McDonald's or Burger King to do some kind of business proposition with the company, and I say, hi, I'm Hulk Hogan with TNA Wrestling, and if they don't know what that is, it's an hour-long conversation, and by then, the deal's off. Yeah. You know, and and I applaud the company now for finally trying to do something about that, because I think that's another thing (laughs) that if changed and done correctly, would be a huge lift for the company itself.
1: You know, it must have been hard for them to do that because they're so rooted in t However, I mean, just for me personally, oh my gosh, it makes it so much easier. <laughs> because oh, yeah. it was the same thing, you know, anybody that I would talk to about it, and I do a lot of
2: interviews
1: and do a lot of media stuff, and, anytime I would talk about it, they, yeah, of course, but instantly get the wrong impression, and I have to explain
0: it, you know? See, with me, they just, right. like, oh, they see me, and they go, oh, that's just a horny guy going to watch some TNA. And you, they think you're going to participate in some TNA. There's a big difference. Right.
1: Yeah, and, and, I, and I used to start saying total non-stop action. Like, I would was, I was stop even doing the initials, and I would just, you know, say, what is the
0: for, And I was just, like, I'm tired of
1: So it is nice. I I think it's a step in the right direction.
0: Well, Christy, before we let you go, um, I just want to see if we can get you to do a uh, liner for us. Sure. Um, You might want to write this down. Most people have a problem because it's so long.
2: But Especially Kevin Nash.
0: (laughs) Yeah, unless you're Kevin Nash after a couple glasses of wine.
2: (laughs) which
0: Which was more entertaining, I think, than some of the interview itself, but no, I love Kevin to death. Um, basically, I guess we'll just do the same one we always do. Um, you can put your personality into it however you want. Um, and it's just, hey, this is Christy Hemi. You're listening to Unplugged on the SNS Radio Network. and
1: S-N-S?
0: SNS, like well, the letters SNS.
1: Radio Network. You ready?
0: Yep, whenever you are, just lay it down.
1: Hi, this is Christy Hemi with Impact Wrestling, and you're listening to Unplugged on SNS Radio Network.
0: All right, now one more (laughs) for my show, because, by God, I'm getting one out of this. Just the same thing, but you're listening to Wrestling News Live on the SNS Radio Network.
1: Hi, this is Christy Henny with Impact Wrestling, and you're listening to Wrestling News Live with SNF Radio Network.
0: Beautiful. So make sure you guys check Christy out on TNA Impact on Thursday nights. You know the time, you know the channel. And make sure you go to the website, com. Is that the right website? Yes. Yeah. So, I know as well as they are uh, getting ready to launch their album and take off in a musical career that I hope doesn't take her too far away from wrestling. No,
1: it
0: won't. Okay, well, we'll hold you to that. And I'm on my like, Twitter,
1: too, because I'm all up on the Twitter. I love yeah, Twitter.
0: Yeah, yeah, give out the Twitter.
1: Kenny Powers.
0: All right, so make sure you check out Christy on Twitter and check out the band website as well. For one, Chris Kelly, Mr. Fucking Foreign Kid, Curly. I am the trade dog filling in for JJ All Caps, who's on assignment. I've always wanted to say it like that. Like I'm just a reporter. I'm just a guest reporter for the show. So make sure you stay tuned. More Unplugged coming up right here on the SNS Radio Network. Yeah.
1: Hemi with Impact Wrestling, and you're listening to S Radio Network.